he ended up because he was in graduate school it was an international mba and he ended up moving overseas and it was going to be for i think six months to germany this is part two of alexis's three-part story we ended part one with alexis's relationship facing its first real test after four years of living together Alexis and her boyfriend were about to embark on a long-distance relationship for the next six months, with Alexis in Memphis, Tennessee, and her boyfriend in Germany. So, at this time, we were both 30. I was suddenly in this house alone. My boyfriend was in Germany, and I just kind of had this meltdown a little bit because I was suddenly very lonely and I remember kind of pulling myself out of it by just focusing on my work and I just was like all right you're out of school like you know you got you got to figure this out and I just kind of turned one of our bedrooms into a studio and I just lost myself in that process again which is how I got through it but I think for me when he moved it was kind of like oh wow like I really need this person in my life and you know, there was, I mean, looking back in hindsight, it was a lot of codependency and <laughs> insecurity on my part, but I just felt lost without him. And I just remember like something solidified in me at that point of like, I don't want to lose this person. He studied abroad in Frankfurt, Germany. So he left for six months and we you know it was hard because there was a big time difference but we figured it out we would uh you know zoom on the computer we would have late night phone calls i did go visit him for about a week at one point uh which was great you know he toured me around and uh we went on some excursions and i was just so grateful to see him because i had you know we'd never been apart and i had, i missed him so much uh and you know then he moved back and i remember picking him up from the airport uh and just being so excited to get him and i just remember it was it was really hard at first because there were we were distant from each other in a way that we hadn't ever been yet uh i mean well maybe i shouldn't say that because there were times when we first moved to memphis where we were living two different lives but we we you know we were able to get back to a place where we were close. And when I picked him up, it just felt like we were so separate. And, you know, but we worked through it. We we got through it. It was, it was awkward at first. I think it was just hard. We weren't used to being around each other. And then over time, things just kind of went back to the way they were. At this point, I was working at a gallery that was there. It was kind of like the only main major gallery there. And I was working there. I was having my own little bit of a uh, career crisis because, you know, I'm making work and I was slowly starting to show more of my work, but it was a long way off of seeing that as a career. And I was working this job that was, it kind of looked good on paper, but I felt like I was just an assistant in some ways and I wanted more responsibility and he while he was in graduate school had been working at a liquor store because he'd always been in that industry you know and so it, I guess it made sense and when he graduated because uh, he graduated a year after me he 
got a job that required us to move to Nashville. So that was a year after he graduated. So there was a year where I was in graduate school, or sorry, he was in graduate school and I was working. So we'd kind of swapped roles. And I think we both knew, I, I think I knew on some level that I didn't see myself staying in Memphis, but it just, there wasn't a lot going on in the art community there. I didn't really see myself staying there long, long term. And so, you know, when he got this job offer, we, we decided we were going to move to Nashville. So we moved to Nashville in 2017. We had been together for five years at that point, I think, five, around five. He was really excited to move to Nashville. I was nervous about it. Uh, he was excited about this new job, but it was it was weird because he got this MBA, but then he ended up getting a job that was kind of somewhat similar to what he was doing before. And I think that he was kind of disappointed in that. And he, he talked about it a lot, but he was kind of like, well, it was a good job. And I think he'd always been in sales. And I think it just seemed like, I think he struggled with that, you know, that he wanted something else, but ended up kind of just gravitating back towards the same job. I was lucky enough that the gallery I worked for in Memphis had a second location in Nashville and I was able to kind of transition over to that space and ended up taking over that space, becoming the director. So it worked out well for me in that sense. Uh, Nashville was a cool city. I mean, you know, it's not great in some ways, but it, there's a lot going on there, a lot more than Memphis. And uh, it was fun. I mean, we rented this house and I turned like our back bedroom into a studio and you know he was out a lot at work and you know I think there were definitely periods where we were kind of arguing a lot um I I don't know I think we just kind of sometimes it felt like we weren't on the same team if that makes sense So I become the director of this gallery and that's a, that's a pretty big deal. It's really exciting. I'm excited about this role. He is doing pretty well in his career, but we are kind of living these parallel lives. And while I become the director, I'm also working my ass off with my work and I'm, I'm starting to get more shows. I'm starting to get more attention on social media. And I'm just kind of like, I find myself kind of on this track of like, all right, as long as I'm moving forward, I'm good. But because of this because I'm balancing this director position and then trying to be an exhibiting artist and trying to make a name for myself, you know, I'm really busy. And so I'm working a lot. You know, I, I wasn't very social when we first moved to Nashville. I think that took a toll on our relationship. He, his, you know, friends are very important to him. It's one of the things that I found attractive about him is that, you know, he's very loyal to his friends and he would do anything for his friends. Um, that didn't always translate to his romantic partner, me, but, you know, he was just like a really caring guy in a lot of ways on the surface with people. And so he was always trying to be with friends. And in the beginning of our time in Nashville, I was pretty antisocial because I was like, I'm on this track and like, I have to keep going and, you know, and I do regret some of that, but 
you know, over time, after like about a year, I did, I did become a lot more social and I started hanging out with people a lot more and I showed up in that way. So I think it was 2017, I started to kind of feel like, are we going to get married? You know, we were getting older. We had been together for a while. Um, I didn't know if I kind of wanted kids, you know, I would go back and forth and he would go back and forth too. So we are like 32, 33, maybe, you know, I, I just kind of felt like what's going on here. Like, or, and I, we had some arguments about it and looking back red flag, but he did finally was like, yes, you know, like I want to get married, let's get married. And, uh, so we got engaged. He had a lot of concern about marriage because of what his family had gone through. And I think he just, it, it really traumatized him. And I think he just, he worried about that. And I was like, you know, you're not your dad. You're not, you know, you're a different person. And so this is another side note about his family. Not only did his dad have multiple affairs, his brother cheated on his wife and left her for another woman. His sister's husband did the same thing. So there's a very strong pattern happening there. Uh, and he was worried about it. I was naive. I, I felt like we could do anything. And we had been through so many hard times. We had moved. We had, we had beaten the odds. Like, in my mind, we moved in together after three months and made it work. Like, how could we not make it work? Also, this goes back to how we were raised differently, you know. My parents are still married. My mom got pregnant six months after they started dating and are still married to this day. So I think in my mind, I was like, of course we can make this work. We just have to want it bad enough, you know? I think when you come from a family where divorce almost never happens or happened, you look at divorce as something that only happens to others. Just like Alexis, no one in my direct family had gone through divorce. So I definitely see how Alexis was not worried about the pattern within her partner's family. The pattern of the married man having affairs and running away with new partners. That pattern may seem obvious from the outside, but Alexis did not believe that family history of cheating could impact her actual marriage. We got we we were engaged for about a year, and we got married in Nashville, a little a little outside of Nashville. We rented this beautiful venue, um, and it was a it was a big party, which is exactly what we wanted. It was mostly you know people around our age. We had a few relatives there, but it was just a big a big party. And we went on a honeymoon to Jamaica uh, the next morning, and we had a great week. I do remember being on the honeymoon and kind of feeling this distance a little bit. Um, I don't know, I, you know, I, we had a great time on the honeymoon, but I just remember there being some moments, it was just, I just felt like we weren't as close as we should be on our honeymoon in some ways, like emotionally. One of the things that was kind of a problem throughout our relationship was I felt like I was a lot more emotionally intelligent than he was. You know, he was a really smart guy, but he lacked a lot of that emotional intelligence that I, I think I just kind of took for granted that I had growing up around my mom, you know, who's a psychologist and like just, just 
having that instinct and being able to turn things over and look at things a different way or like unpack things in my mind like I've just always been very good about that and he wasn't and I say like I thought that on honeymoon but in no way did anything really hit me you know it was I was still very much living in this fantasy of like I'm finally married I, I you know it's funny too is like I think of myself as this very independent person and I've always had and I think of myself as this very like non-traditional person but on some level, probably being raised in the middle of nowhere, you know, the, I, there's, there's this patriarchy mentality built in me that told me like, you need to check a box and get married. And, and I'm still unpack, I'm still unpacking that why I felt the need to kind of like, make sure that happened, you know? So we got married in 2018, in October. And in 2000. 20 mid pandemic we bought a house after before that we had been living in this house that we were renting so when we got married we, we continued living in that house and then the pandemic hit and you know we were doing pretty well financially given the pandemic i was working as the director he had this job and we were like we're tired of throwing money away on rent let's buy a house and that felt like the next step so we worked with a real estate agent. We found this beautiful house uh, on another side of town in Nashville. And I was really, in 2020, it was like middle of the pandemic. And I was really excited about this for him because he was really struggling with depression. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he didn't feel fulfilled in his career. And I honestly feel like until he met me and my family like it didn't really occur to him to look for something like that or look for something more but it was like he had got you know at this point we've been together for a long time and so he had gotten really close to my family my brother is very similar to me he's very driven very creative my dad is the same way like i think he's he got really close to this family dynamic that he was lacking in his family and i just think you know i'm projecting here but like he just kind of got into this depression of like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know, like I just went along with whatever was easy, but he could never really quite figure that out. And we would kind of have these like arguments every few months where he would be like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm depressed. And like, and then I would try to suggest things, but he would get frustrated. And he did try to go to therapy for a while and I just don't, I don't think it worked for him very well. But he did get into the house. Like, you know, we owned a home for the whole time. So he, for the first time, so he did get into these projects. He ended up building this incredible shed in the backyard, which I was really impressed with. He did it by himself. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, he's gonna find something that he really cares about. I was like, maybe he'll get into woodworking. You know, we were, we were also able to afford to build a studio for me in the backyard, which was also really exciting. So. It felt like we were really laying down roots, you know? Um, and this whole time, I forgot to mention, we have a dog. We got a dog in Memphis. So we have a dog that is like our child. You know, she obviously comes with us to, to Nashville. She's this beautiful rescue German Shepherd mix. She's like the best dog. And she was our child. Like we were obsessed with her. Um, and so you know, she was there. She had a big backyard. It was fenced in. Um, we lived in this really cute neighborhood. Uh, it was very I idyllic other than the fact that he 
was having these issues, you know, of, of trying to figure that out. Around that time, it was like maybe six months after we'd bought the house. So we're getting close to 2021. And I was kind of feeling like, you know, I was getting a lot more press in the media for my work and I was starting to show at bigger spaces and I was starting to make some money from my work. And I was kind of feeling like I would love to be able to leave my job and just really focus on this full time. And it just seemed like there was this potential there that I needed to tap into. And he was making really good money. And so we kind of talked about that a bit. And then we both decided, you know, he was kind of like, I think we should do this. Like, let's do this. So we decided I was going to do that. So I put in my three month notice, you know, where I was working and I ended up leaving my job in 2021 to be a full-time artist. And I think that we thought, or I thought, you know, like, this is going to alleviate all of my problems, <laughs> you know? And in some ways it did, it made me a lot more present. I didn't have to be, feel so torn time-wise, but it was still really stressful because I just in general tend to put a lot of pressure on myself and knowing that I was taking a financial risk made me put even more pressure on myself. So I was just working really hard. I was determined to make something of it. And, uh, you know, so I was full time and then he was continuing to have these issues with like feeling lost in his career. And then he's watching me as this full time artist, basically like doing whatever I want. And we would kind of get in these conversations where he would be like, you know, I wish I could have something like that. Or like, you know, I think he started to kind of maybe resent that a little bit. Up until this point in the relationship, Alexa's husband was kind of always following her lead. A month into their relationship, Alexis decided to move to Memphis. So he followed her. She went to grad school, so he went to grad school. But by 2021, Alexis had found her calling career-wise. But her husband was still in the same industry he was almost a decade ago, without much of a desire to be in that industry. I think for the first time, Alexis' husband could not follow her lead, despite her efforts to help him get to the same place she was in. It was awful, honestly. I mean, I was kind of at my wit's end about it because I wanted so badly to help him. But I felt like the more I tried to like suggest things, the more he would get frustrated with me. I think we also fell into a bad pattern of like, you know, I would suggest something and I just felt like if I suggested it, he would immediately dismiss it. But like if someone else suggested it, and he would probably say the same about me, you know. Um, I, but I think like, it was just really frustrating to me because I think it was hard for me to understand his inability to go deeper, to figure out what he wanted. And, you know, I would try to tell him, like, you always are looking at your phone. Like, if you tried meditating or, try, you know, like, I don't know. I was always trying to show, throw these things with him. Or I was like, I listened to this incredible audiobook that, like, helped me figure something out in terms of something I was blocked on. Like, I think you should listen to this. But he would never, he would never take those options, you know? I mean... You know, at one point he ended up paying this career coach, which was expensive, but I was like, you know, I wanted him to be happy. And I was like, if you want to take a pay cut, like we'll figure it out. You know, like I just, I did, I really wanted him to be happy. And he paid for this career coach, which was expensive and you know, nothing came of it. And he kind of got into this pattern that I see now in hindsight of like, 
he was always gravitating towards this like quick fix. He wanted an easy button. And that was such a point of contention for us, you know, at that point in our marriage, because it was like he was always buying some expensive supplement or getting stuck on something. And he was really addicted to this idea of like going to Peru and doing mushrooms and like that was going to help him figure out who he was. And like, I'm not against doing mushrooms or anything like that, but like, I just felt like that's not going to answer your questions. Like you have to do the work to figure that out. You know, like no one can answer that for you. And no supplement is going to answer that for you. And, but I felt like he would get kind of defensive or he would get frustrated with me when I would try to point that out. And, you know, I'm not perfect. Like I'm an emotional person and I come from a family that's a little bit more combative. And so like, you know, we would get into these arguments sometimes that he kind of, I viewed argument in moderation as like a healthy thing. Like you're being yourself, you're being honest and you're showing up like, you know, it's just kind of like how you do that. And and he, like I said in the beginning, he didn't have that same relationship with conflict. And so I think sometimes he would get really freaked out by that. But I just, I wanted him to be happy and I wanted him to keep evolving. I felt like I was evolving and he wasn't. And it just, it was just really frustrating. He, it's, you know, 2022, I have been a full-time artist now for some you know a little time and we were we started talking about trying to have kids I kept trying to go back and forth on that you know I, I would have moments where I would be like yes I want to have kids and then I would have moments where I was like I don't want to have kids you know and he I remember at one point we had this conversation uh around 2022 so it's like two years of living in this house and he was like uh kind of brought up the idea of having kids again and you know, he made this, he made some comment and I don't want to misquote him, but he said something along the lines of maybe if we have a kid, it will give me some meaning in my life. And I just remember thinking like that doesn't add up to me. Like, I don't think you should have a kid to find meaning. Like, you know, I'm sure people find meaning in having children and I think that's beautiful, but like, it's like, to me, that's like saying to fix this relationship, let's get married, <laughs> you know? So I think I was worried about that. I was like, is this another idea of like, oh, this will fix me, you know? Yeah, like, oh, a child will fix it, you know? And and I think I was worried about that. But I was also very open to having kids. You know, I started testing my ovulation. I was like, you know, let's do this. Like, I was I was on board. Um, and, you know, we, we did try for a while and I never was able to get pregnant. I think it did get to a point where I was like, why don't you go get tested just so like we know what we're working with. And if there's nothing wrong with you, then I'll get tested just because it was emotionally taxing every month to be like, you know, am I going to be pregnant? Am I not going to be pregnant? And I tried to tell him that of like, this really was affecting me emotionally. I just kind of know what, what we're working with. Like, and he, but he never did go get, he never went to go get tested. Um, and we were just never able to get pregnant. I think in 2023, I started to feel like, in hindsight, looking back, and in the moments, I think I just thought he was dealing with more depression, but he started to kind of get more distant. And I felt like I was getting to a point where I was like, um, trying to help him too much with it, that I was kind of like, maybe I just need to step back. You know, like, I'm not his therapist, I'm not his mom, like, I can't fix him, you know, like, he's gonna have to do that work. 
and he would have some good moments or we would have some good moments and then like over time you know I started to see these tendencies come out that reminded me of his dad and like you know his dad is a nice guy in some ways but he has a lot of issues and I, I think there's some uh, toxic masculinity there or some like uh problematic views of women there that like aren't overt but like I just kind of sensed that and I kind of started seeing these like little bits of toxic masculinity coming out of him like he was never like overtly mean but like I remember one time I was in the kitchen and there was like a pile of mail on the, on the kitchen table and he walked up and he picked up a piece of junk mail and he was like why is this here why didn't you put this in recycling like, why are you doing this? And I was just kind of like, why are you talking to me like that? You know, like, it was just like these things that would come up or like he would he would get frustrated if like something wasn't in the right place or like he just started to, it just felt like he started to very slowly get very critical of me. And it got to the point where I started to feel like he was just looking at me with disdain. You know, like I remember one point close to before everything blew up, I was picking him up from the airport because we lived right by the airport and he traveled all the time. And he was like, you know, I've, I've landed. And so I was like, all right, I'll leave to go get you. And I was leaving and like, I drove around and he wasn't there. And I, and I called him and he was like, just go sit in the cell phone lot and I'll call you when I have my luggage. And I was like, okay. And I called him and he like yelled at me. He like snapped at me. He was like, I told you I would call you when I have my luggage. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you talking to me like that? And, and then it just kind of continued like that. He was just mean to me in these ways of like being short with me or just making me feel kind of small. And so it got to the point where I, I think I was going to go visit my parents in Michigan for a couple days. And I just felt in my bones that like something was wrong. And I had, I tried asking him, you know, I'd ask him all the time, like what's going on. And he was like, I'm just depressed about work. And we kind of had this argument right before I went to Michigan. And he was like, I was like, I feel like you don't really see me anymore. Like, I feel like you don't see me. And he was like, he kind of admitted to that. And he was like, yeah, but you know, and I felt like everything was still okay after that because at the end of the argument, he was like, I love you and we're going to be fine. Unfortunately, they won't be fine. And Alexis' husband very much knew that they won't be fine because by this point, he had stopped trying. What happens next to Alexis is what we will go over during the final episode of Alexis' American Divorce Story next week. This was American Divorce Stories. The show is created by Annabel Martinez-Vega and Walid Al-Jabari. The show is produced by Annabel Martinez-Vega, Caitlin Alexander-Levitt, Elizabeth Jenkins, and Walid Al-Jabari. If you enjoy this show, please share with your friends, rate and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to contact us with your story, our email is contact at americandivorcestories.com. 